when Dana Brown talks, I smile. It's the most refreshing. Refresh. It's not like these analytics. I'm not playing, you know, money ball. I'm not doing all this. I'm not like have this, this, this spiel of all these words. I don't know. It's he's not. Just, he's just a guy being a dude. That's a GM that likes baseball. And, he and played. He played. He played. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lima, Apollo Dez here with you. The Astros just won their second series of the season. They beat the Toronto Blue Jays two games out of three. They won game one. They dropped game two, but they won game three. And they are now 9-10. and They're off today as we record this on Thursday, but they traveled to Atlanta. They're about to take on one of the best teams in Major League Baseball in the Atlanta Braves. But, Dez, we're going to start with the Blue Jays series. Um, And I think where we can start is Luis Garcia came out and had a big boy start, man. Just what the Astros needed. Seven strong, only gave up two hits, uh, didn't give up a run, struck out nine, nine punchies. I mean, what can you say? Like, that's exactly what he needed and what the team needed. Yeah, I mean, the was it 23 whiffs as well? Like, it's it's crazy how that, and I think Maldi said it best. That was like 2021 um Luis Garcia right there and and I agree the fastball usage was down it was mainly just like hey we're gonna throw everything else and it worked because there was 23 whiffs and nine punchies and seven solid innings once again these guys are getting extended it's helping out the bullpen uh we could talk we could touch on 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 Montero but and and Brian Abreu but Luis Garcia pitched his dang tail off and he pitched pissed off like it wasn't like happy-go-lucky Luis it was like pissed off Luis from the, you know, the previous stars that weren't, weren't his best. So um, to see him in form like that was great. Um, when, when they're doing that, like this team, this team's really good. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me when I watched his start last night is you saw the uh, late life on mm. his fastball. Mm. Um, and I think the, the, the two previous outings, one, I don't even think he went past five innings. So him throwing seven last night uh, was key, obviously get it to that back end of the bullpen um, but the late life on the fastball uh, to uh, enable all of those swings and misses and get those nine strikeouts didn't give up a run. The pitch count stayed down. I mean, just just a a big big league start uh, for Luis Garcia. And if that's the guy that you can get every night out, I mean, like <laughs> it's just another weapon in the starting rotation. And obviously, there's some you know, Urquidy's got to figure it out, and we can touch on him as well. But, um, yeah, just you can't say enough about that start last night for Luis Garcia. Yeah, I think it's something he can build off too, right? Um, I, look, these guys are uber uber competitors. Luis Garcia, people forget, he. I played against him in MLB The Show. He run-ruled me, like 25 to 2. Like, this guy just competes at everything he does. It's not like, oh, shucks, like Eeyore, like, oh, man, like, I, I suck today. Like, no, these guys get pissed off when, like, at, when you're mad on the internet – they're mad at themselves. Like, like just because you're mad doesn't mean they're not mad too. So right. to see him to see him bounce back like that was great. I want to see him build off it. Uh, but also just to be able to to take a series against the Blue Jays when it felt like the Astros are doing everything to give a series away was great to see. And to see them turn it on. And I think that was probably the game that was like, oh, this is the team we expected to see all year. And hopefully that's kind of a little a, a jump start into uh into May. Yeah. So you look at Garcia's last or his first four starts this season. He threw against the White Sox, the Twins, the Rangers, and the Blue Jays. He threw five inning five innings against the White Sox, 
four against the Twins, four against the Rangers, or a five against the Rangers, and then seven last night. And you look at the difference here. I mean, I think he entered the game last night with an ERA of like over eight, and it dropped it all the way down to like five, mm. five and a half or whatever it is. Um, and you look at the hits that he gave up, seven, six, six, and two, three runs, four runs, five runs, five earned, four earned, three earned, no earned run last night, no runs, um, only walked one, struck out nine. So, yeah, man, it's something to build off of. We know that he's got the stuff. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy because after his last outing, I remember seeing things on the Internet that, uh, you know, a few people were talking about. Can we bring up Forrest Whitley and put Luis Garcia in the bullpen and have Forrest Whitley be in the rotation is pretty, pretty crazy take. But um, people were down on Luis Garcia. But like we we said, it's early, relax, trust these guys. And Luis Garcia just proved it. So hopefully he can build off of that um, going into uh, he's going to face the Rays, I believe. Rays are the hottest team in baseball still. I, I don't know what they're doing. Like it's it's insane to watch how good they are so far. The Braves are obviously right there as well. But uh, yeah, man, just a really good start for Luis Garcia. I'm happy to see him turn things around uh, after his or in his fourth start. Yeah, before we move on, I just think there was yeah last week in the in the questions portion of Beyond the Diamond, people were asking about Luis and talked about his velo being down. Uh, was it a WBC thing? I yeah. think last night we saw peak Luis Garcia because he wasn't relying on the fastball. It was like, hey, here's my cutter slider. You know, I'm throwing the off speed and I'll throw my fastball when I when I want to or I'm going to sneak one by you and I could put a little more umph behind it because I'm not my usage rate's not 55%. I think it was like 25%. So when he was using his fastball, it was up in in high velo like we've seen before in the past. And so that's credit to the game plan, credit to to Murphy Mill and, and Maldi uh and and to stay with it too. It's kind of crazy when you're in a game and you're getting like a lot of like swings and misses you kind of probably start self-doubting yourself. Be like, okay, they know a cutter's coming, right? Like, they've whiffed at seven. Like, do I keep calling cutter? And they kept going to it, kept going to it, and kept going to it. And I think that's the way you attack teams in, in 2023 in baseball. Prove to me that you can hit this pitch that you're yeah. not capable of hitting. And, hey, if George Springer hits a cutter out the other way or Chapman hits it out or Bichette or Vladdy, whoever it is, then so be it. We'll change up our game plan. But you know what? They're like, they can't hit this pitch tonight. Let's just stay to it. I thought that was really impressive to see. Yeah, and I, I think, like, you hit it. Like, establish whatever pitch it is, whether it's your fastball, your cutter, your slider, and say, we're not going to go off of this pitch or we're not going to give up on this pitch until they can prove that they can do it. Like, the mentality, like, you remember Josh Beckett? Like, oh, yeah. one of the things, like, he grew up a neighborhood away from me and he went to spring high school where I went. But one of the things that I learned from – different coaches that were coaching him and hearing different things when he got in the big leagues, dude, through the first, through the first nine, he would throw like 95% fastballs and he, him and his catcher, whoever it was, Jason Veritek, when he was with the Red Sox would say, we're not throwing anything else until they can prove that they can hit this 98, mm -hmm. 99 hard, heavy fastball. And so I yeah. think with what we saw with Maldi calling the game last night with Luis Garcia, that's kind of what we saw, but with a different different type of pitch. So I love that. I'm glad they made that adjustment. And that's why – that's the underrated part of Martin Maldonado. Look, I understand yeah. – we understand you're not going to get the massive offensive production that everybody wants from Martin Maldonado. But the little nuances in this game, like you just mentioned that I just mentioned, those go a long way. So you have to credit Maldi 
for helping Garcia. Obviously, Garcia gets all the a good good amount of credit because he's the one that pitched, right? Yeah, but Martin Maldonado's right there with him. So those are the little things that Martin Maldonado does. It's, that's why he's the starting catcher. Yeah, and I think anyone listening or watching that's played at any level of baseball, and obviously we could we could talk about it, but when you have a pitcher, an opposing pitcher, or or a pitcher on your team that is pitching with confidence, one, but pitching ahead, it's fun. Like yeah. if you're defensively, I'm like, hey, like I I know my hey, I'm you know I'll be ready for a ball because my guy's filling up the zone. But two, the other side, the flip side, if I'm a I'm facing an opposing pitcher like that, I'm just like. I'm before I'm even stepping in the battlefield. I'm like, I'm down. Oh, yeah, one. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I only have two strikes to play with. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like if he's, if he's just locating his pitches, like I'm not going to swing on something dotted on the black on, on a OO count. I'm just not like, that's not a good pitch to execute on. If he executes, that's, that's fine. But like, now you look up and down the lineup, you start talking to the guys are like, shit guys. We're like every count we're down. Oh, one. Yeah. And then that, then it gets, and then it gets a snowball, and then you start pressing, you start expanding your zone, and then right. we see, we see the whiffs. So, uh, yeah, Luis Garcia build off it. Obviously, the next start's going to be tough, but um, if he if he can do it again, damn, he's rolling. Yeah, it's like the old cliche saying, like the old cliche question when you're growing up playing baseball: What's the best pitch in baseball? Uh, strike one. Yeah, like yeah. That's, <laughs> strike getting, one. Yeah. Getting ahead is getting ahead is like key in pitching, but when you see it at the major league level. And it has that trickle down effect. It's a it's a thing of beauty. Uh, we'll segue into what we saw offensively. Obviously, Martin or uh, not Martin, Mauricio Dubon, fourteen game hitting streak. Dude, he's hot. Uh, he's hot. He he was All one star. for four. Last, uh, he was one for four last night. Uh, Jose Abreu two for four with uh, two RBIs. Kyle Tucker had two more hits. Jeremy Payne hit a big bomb. How about that? Uh, what inning was that? The eighth. That was the, that was the Man, eighth. Dude, the top of the eighth got sketchy. It got sketchy. Monty, Monty got the money, and now people uh, are upset. But hey, I mean, he'll, he'll bounce back. It's fine. Look, yeah, man, it's it, not it, ideal. It, it's not ideal. No, it's it's not. He had he he didn't even record an out. Gave up two hits, an earned run, two walks. Yeah, not good, man. The command that he, he threw. 18 pitches and only nine strikes, like fifth, literally 50% strike strike percentage. Like, that's not good, Rafael Montero. Like, you are a vital part of this back end of the bullpen, and you have not pitched well so far. So, like, come on, man. Let's figure it out. Yeah, I think he's probably your seventh inning guy for a little bit because uh, Brian Abreu is Dude. an absolute dog. Bro, dog. Brian Abreu is, is like – I can't even find adjectives to describe him anymore. Like he is nasty. He's dirty. He's a dog. He throws ched. Like, like I don't understand how he could throw hundred miles an hour when his nuts are hanging on the ground. Right. I just don't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, because to come in that situation, bases loaded, no outs in a one run ball game is tough, but you had to face Springer yeah. and yeah. Vladdy Jr. Right. Like, like that was no joke, and, and obviously, baseball happened. And, and Springer hit a ball, probably probably one hundred five off the bat, right at at Bregs, yeah. And, and a line drive out. That's, that's just baseball. That's just how it goes. Uh, but to execute on the other stuff, when if you've seen Brian and Bray you in the past, walk guys like they, it could have spiraled. But no, he bears down this new Brian and Bray you, and it and it's happened since probably around this time last year. The I think the light switch finally came on. And he's just been so damn dominant. And I think he's your eighth inning guy from here on out. 
Yeah, and, and so you look at the statistics for him so far this season. He's appeared in 10 games, 10 and one-third innings pitched, given up five hits, one earned run, five walks, 16 strikeouts, and he's got a whip of .97. His ERA right now is Ernie. Ernie, is Ernie. yeah, dude, yeah. Play, hey, dude. Yeah. let everyone know. Hold on, before I'll, I'll just lead you in. Yeah. When Dana Brown talks, I smile. It's the most refreshing yeah, – it's not like these analytics. I'm not playing, you know, money ball. I'm not doing all this. I'm not like have this, this, this spiel of all these words. I don't know. It's he's not, just a, he's just a guy being a dude. That's a GM that likes baseball. And, and he I, played. He played. He played. So, yeah, man. so t- plug it, plug the show and what happened today, because it was just refreshing. So it's, it's it, like for you, like, like you said it, like when he talks, like you want to listen because it's not stereotypical, GM talk like this dude just sounds like another guy like he sounds like one of us and and so we have him on the Sean Salisbury show every Wednesday at 9 30 we had to move him to Thursday today because they obviously they traveled yesterday so forth and so on so we had him on today um and Sean was asking him about Montero and he just kind of casually he goes yeah he was like he's had a couple of rough outings uh, but we believe in him and he was like look I understand that uh Rafael Montero's got like a, a a little over a three Ernie. And I was like, I looked at producer Ryan Money and I was like, he called it an Ernie. An Ernie. Like we're calling it an Ernie from here Ernie, on. From there's here on nicknames. out. There's nicknames all throughout this game of baseball. Never and heard Ernie. that. And Ernie, me neither. Like, Never heard that ever. called on me like ERA, Ernie. Holy shit, it's an Ernie. We're calling it's it an Ernie, Ernie from here on out. So yeah, it was cool. It's cool to hear him talk. And I think one of the best parts about having him on is like when Sean asked him questions about certain players in certain positions and lineups, he was like, look, man, like that Dusty Baker's the manager. I'm that's sure Dusty, Dusty Baker that's, that's find, the scorecard. Yeah. He was like, I'm sure Dusty Baker can find a spot for Dubon if he continues to hit like this. And when Altuve comes back, that's a Dusty question. So it's, 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 you know, when you talk about Moneyball, this isn't a Billy Bean situation, right? Like, yeah. Dana Brown has his role as a general manager. I'm sure he has some input, some say sure. with the lineup and with Dusty Baker, but he says it. And you can hear the, like you can hear it. He's like, "Yeah, man, that's 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 a Dusty question, but I'll give my input on it." So it's very very refreshing, especially what we had before. James Click, Jeff Luno, like they were a little more reserved, a little close to the vest, had the GM talk. It's great, dude. I I, uh, I love love when Dana Brown is on with us every uh, every Wednesday on the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk Seven Ninety Nine Thirty in the morning. So it's good stuff, man. I enjoy it. And I think another thing, and, and we'll segue to offense. He talked about Jake Myers and, and yeah. have a little have a little dog and be a little pissed how, off. How be a little cool pissed off the play. Yeah, like like, how, like hearing that, right? That's so like uh, that relates because I'm like I and remember imagine as, a, imagine as a player. That's refreshing. Yeah. Because I was about to say, like, if it was another GM just around the cages or whatever, you kind of be like, uh, like, what, what is, why right. is he watching me or whatever? But he's like, no, no, he's like, he's given input in a way because he relates because he was a ball player. And two, he's just like, go up there and be pissed off. And like, and, and it's just, it's got to be refreshing for the guys because it's not like this, like, you know, death is coming down the hallway, like, you know, oh, there's the GM. Why is he around the Why is he around the cages? No, yeah. it's like he's a guy. He's been there before. He knows a grind, and so uh, and it's Jake Myers been a punching bag for Astros Twitter. 
lot of good at bats lately. Um, I was I was very impressed with his, and I don't know. It may be an organizational thing for the guys that are struggling. We're just going to live right center. We're going to live that right center gap, right field, and we're not going to do too much because it, you look at Dubon's spray chart. Everything's the right field. Jake Mars this past week, everything to right field. So uh, even yeah, go, look at, go look at uh, Jose Abreu's spray chart. It's like left center and over. Like it's yeah, insane. Gap to gap. Yeah, it's gap to gap approach, man. And I so so like a little backstory real quick. Dana Brown, they asked him about or Sean asked him about Jake Myers. And he said, yeah, man, I was in the cages and I just kind of went up to him and I said, hey, man, let's see a little more fire at the plate. Like mm. let's put more sense of urgency at the plate, you mm. know, like a little more fire inside the mental side of it. He's like, I just want to give him some words of encouragement. And I'm just like, dude, that fucking gets me fired. That gets me bricked up, dude. Like a general manager that played the game at a high level. He was in scouting. He did very, very well with the Braves, made his name. Now he's a general manager, so he can take every ounce of background that he has with this game and put it into the general manager's position with the Astros. And for him to be around the cages and talk baseball with those guys in the mental side, like, I loved it. Like, I, as a player, I would love it. Like you said, it's not like, uh, like, damn, dude, like, here comes James, here comes here comes Click, like, uh. Yeah, What's he going to talk to us about, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that because some guys handle their business a little bit differently as a general manager. There's nothing wrong with how James Click or Jeff Luno, but it's just a little bit different to when Dana Brown comes walking up. He, dude, he was Craig Vigio's team. They were teammates. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about that. Like, you know, and so for that guy to come up and just be like, hey, man, I have a little sense of urgency at the plate, like a little fire in there. And, and if it, it, so far over the last couple of games, Jake Myers is, has improved. I mean, you talked about being a punching bag. Like, you just go search his name on Twitter, and and people are pretty down on him. So, yeah, um, I, I I enjoyed seeing that because they're gonna have to do whatever it takes to survive until Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley get back. And by the way, Michael Brantley mm. rehab assignment this Sunday with the Sugarland uh, Sugarland Space Cowboys. A little Space Cowboy action, yeah. yeah. I mean, reinforcements are coming. Just hold, keep holding serve. Yeah. Um, Obviously, taking the Blue Jays series is great. You have six games coming up against, you know, the the Braves and the and the Rays. I'll be happy splitting a three yeah. and three. Get back to Houston, um, but the the topic's got to be Mauricio Dubon, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an all star right now. Like le- legitimately, it, it, I, the the talks and he hasn't been shy about it. The Jordan talk, the Dominoes. To see a guy succeed like that, that's cool. And, and it may, may not be sustainable, but it's coming at a point where someone has to step up, and he did, and and I, I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. Do you think it's sustainable? I think the way that he's handled his at-bats, it is. I would I would have thought the, the book would have been out by now that, hey, he's taking everything the other way, and we're just going to pound you inside with sinkers and, and, and four seams and and do that they haven't um obviously the braves and rays may do that just because they're some of the best the staffs in the, in, the, in the league yeah the so the right so yeah I, so <laughs> we'll see i'm i'm happy what he's done so far um i think like jose i think jose brady's close i was at that sunday night game against the rangers that they dropped um and he had four or five foul balls that he hit uh down the line down the right field line and i was like oh He's getting there. 
Yeah. And I, and I should have tweeted it because that next day he hit that double off the wall, dead center. And I was like, yeah. damn, I should have tweeted that. But I think he's almost there. And he's a notoriously slow starter. Like, go look at his career in, in uh, March and April. It's not good. And then when the weather heats up, he heats up. And so yeah. um, it, it happens. I'm When I played, I was a notoriously slow starter. I was not good until, like, spring break. And then I just was a better second-half player. It's just sometimes how she goes. Yeah, I, I think – what we're seeing is again, we're in what we're 19 games in. I mean, you could really argue that's still basically spring training baseball. Like it's, yeah, it's a little extended spring. Yeah. A little extended spring. Um, but I think the at-bats are getting better. And a big thing that I noticed from last night uh, against the blue Jays, the Astros coming into the Toronto blue Jays series, they're averaging like over nine strikeouts a game as a team. And throughout the lineup last night, they only struck out four times. Yeah. So the at-bats are getting better. Yeah. Um, and Barrios pitched well. Seven yeah. innings, two earned. She was I mean, shoving. Yeah, man. He, he pitched well. And they found ways. They found a way to win. The sketchiness of the top of the eighth. Brian Abreu shuts it down. Uh, Abreu with the with the, with two RBI single and then a bomb from Jeremy Pena. Like, that's, those are the, that's the lineup that we know. Exactly. And you know what that was? That was a little Uncle Mo. Remember, remember, exactly. when, remember when me and you remember? I mean, you remember? Yeah. You remember? Oh, yeah. You remember? About two, about two years really? ago today. today. Two years mm-hmm. ago today. Yeah. That me and you got flack on the internet for saying momentum's not a real yeah. thing in baseball. They look like pe- people in our own group. It'd be your own people. It'd be your own like, people. Momentum's not real. Momentum in baseball is not real. It's not. Like, come on. Like we. I got. I got to have a whole episode on on momentum. <laughs> moments, Uncle in, Mo. In, in in game momentum is a real thing, and we saw it last night. You, you and Dan exploded, no outs, and they get shut down. And then you turn around and look what happens. Literally, look at that. there's proof. There's proof of momentum in baseball. You know what we're gonna do? And uh, this is a plug for our skits that we've been doing. You can tune on the YouTube channel, Super Big Sports. Episode one just dropped. New series. But I want to do a series of like Uncle Mo, and we'll like get Garrett or Noah dressed up like as like a weird uncle, and they'll just be the third person on the episode, like a whole segment of Uncle Mo, yeah, and just roll it with that because it's a real thing. Momentum is a real thing in baseball, and uh, I think we saw it uh, last night uh, at Minway Park. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, let's take a look around the league real quick. Um, you've got the Rays. Still playing really good baseball. They're 16 and three. The Yankees are 12 and seven. The Twins are 11. And I'm just going to do it real quick. The Rangers leading the AL West at 12 and six. But after that, you got the Astros at nine and 10, the Angels at nine and 10, the Mariners at eight and 11, and then the poor Athletics, three and 16. Uh, the Braves. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Vegas, Vegas. Hey, Atlanta Braves, 14 and five. Look at the Milwaukee Brewers at 14 and five. Sneaky. And then the Cubs at 11 and six. So. A lot of teams that I just mentioned are playing good baseball. I think the two two big topics around the league right now, uh, Max Scherzer getting tossed for a sticky substance and the and the Oakland Athletics uh, agreed to buy some some land to build a new stadium in Las Vegas. So it looks like that move is imminent. So let's uh, real quick, we've got a couple of minutes left with Max Scherzer. This is where this is where I don't like this rule. And the reason I don't like it, it has to be, there has to be formity to it. Like one guy can't get bounced and ejected for having too much rosin and sweat and rosin and water or whatever the substance was. And then just a couple of days ago, Domingo Herman 
has stuff all over his hand and his glove, whatever. They tell him, go wash your hand. He comes out. They check it again. It's still a little sticky, but they're like, you know what? Go on out there, son. They, they, they let Max Scherzer go back out there, but they come back. He comes back out, and they get checked again, and he gets, and gets, gets tossed. I don't know how to enforce it, but it has to be even across even across the board because, you know, like we talked on the show this morning, like one umpire's touch can be a little different than others. You know, like I, I, I if you're going to do the checks and they're going to be random, okay, that's fine. Pitchers are going to find ways to have a competitive advantage. We know that. Yeah. Right? But if you're going to toss one guy or if you're going to let one guy stay in, and tell him to go wash his hands. Why did you not give the same to Max Scherzer? That's my question. No, I think you're right. And you leave it up to the umpires and a human discretion to like police it. And that's not a good process. Um, when one kid pees in the pool, everyone has to get out. That's yeah. just that's just what happened. And and the Scherzer thing, I don't think because his RPMs are like league normal. So like I think maybe like, hey, let's just take it to the booth and check the RPMs. Like it, figure it out figure it out that way because uh, and anyone at home right now i need you to next time in the summer whenever your kids are playing you're playing go get some bullfrog yeah sunscreen right? yeah sunscreen just regular sunscreen yep. spray it on your arm if you're sweating and then put some rosin on it and grab a baseball yeah you can make a baseball do a lot of things and that and that's fine that's like i i just that's the just oldest, part of oldest it concoction, oldest concoction in the book too yes that's what I said this morning. I was like, he was saying it was rosin and sweat. Okay, it was probably rosin and sweat. sweat come on, dude. Yeah, he had you sunscreen, had some sunscreen yeah. on yeah. there somewhere. Like, yeah. come on, dude. You know, like yeah. you're not fooling anybody. On your neck or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's outside. You're gonna, you know, protect yourself for some right. some art, the rays. Like, yeah, you're gonna have some sunscreen. So, yeah. But that's not. It, that doesn't generate what the sticky the sticky spider tack did. Right. That was just egregious. And so I, I agree with you. Like you can't have Herman just wash his hands like twice and then let him go out there. And the umpire literally saying, I told you to wash your hands. And then you have the same umpire be like, Oh, sorry. Sure. And did you see him when he made him change gloves? He kind of like shoved it into his yeah. chest before that. I was like, now you're just maybe the Scherzer Scherzer's a psychopath. He's probably cussed right. this guy out and he probably has a vendetta against him. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's where I I also have an issue because Hunter Wendelstadt, like an umpire like Hunter Wendelstadt, Angel Fernandez, C.B. Buckner, the dudes that make shit personal in Major League Baseball, Domingo Herman may never talk to umpires, may never be fired up at an umpire. And that's maybe why he got a pass. But since it's Max Scherzer and he's like a little more fired up, he barks a little bit, he's a brooder, whatever you want to call him. Maybe he got into it with that umpire in the past, and he's got a little vengeance against him. I don't 100%. know. That's that's the objective part about it in the in the human element that it's got to be across the board. Like yeah. I, I don't, but I don't know how to I don't know how to enforce that. Yeah, I, actually, Braves asked on a really good tweet. I don't know how the science behind it. Like you know the stuff where they like test the police officers like test drugs on the side. Yeah, right there. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's like blue or whatever. Whatever. I don't yeah. I don't know what it is. But having kind of that, the umpires like test it and be like, okay if this has a foreign substance or it doesn't have a foreign substance, have a baseline where like a basic, you're basically doing science. You got to yeah. do something. You just can't have the umpires just being like, well, this guy cussed me out four times in 2016. I'm going to have my vengeance now and throw him out for, you know, some sticky stuff. So right. it, it's weird. Um, 
And then the news from in the middle of the night, kind of kind of shitty that you announced it that late uh, of a central time in East Coast. Like, like you, there's fans that woke up today and be like, my team's moving cities. Like, it'd be like if you woke up and be like, the Houston Astros are going to San Antonio or to Louisiana or, you know, like that's, that sucks. And they're making the move to Vegas. Vegas has all the sports teams there now. They have a nice chunk of land for a lot of money. And uh, it's going to be the Vegas athletics, I guess. Yeah, I think, man, Oakland's fans are are pretty damn excuse me, pretty damn good. But you could just tell, like, the ownership does just doesn't give a shit. No, we just like, talked about Possum was in their opposing press box, dude. They haven't done anything to make that squad better in years. So I feel bad for the fans. I really do. Like, I couldn't imagine imagine during the down years for for us here in Houston when they were losing 110 games a year. Imagine if we just woke up one morning and our team that's down playing really bad baseball in the middle of a rebuild, they're just like, by the way, are they moving to Vegas? Like, <laughs> like, no, not even down the road. Just another state. Oh, by the way, uh, Drayton McLean, when he owned the team. Oh, by the way, Drayton McLean just purchased land in uh, Midland, Texas. Like, obviously, it's not going to be but like just random. Right. Like, oh, OK, cool. What are we what are we going to do now? So it makes me wonder, like. How did people feel when the Oilers packed mm. their shit and left? That's dirty, yeah. I like, bet it was Tennessee. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, was, that. I wasn't even born. I was, I don't, yeah, I don't think I was born. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I don't remember what year that was. I know I just, I was too young to remember it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be yeah, shitty, I just, dude. I mean, that sucks, man. That sucks because that fan base it deserves better. I, I like, they deserve better, man. That sucks, dude. That really Bro. does. Three years ago, they were a thorn in our side, and we were playing them in the in the DS in yeah. the bubble to to go to the ALCS. Like Oakland, yeah. Oakland didn't have a bad team three right. years ago, and they were they've constantly been a thorn in, in the Astros side. Obviously, the last two years they've been really, really, really bad. But like, just to wake up and be like, well, I guess, I guess I gotta like be a fan for like the next four or five years before they leave. Like that's. That sucks, and I, I feel for a lot of the the, the Oakland fans. And um, the other news coming out of the out of the West Coast though is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s back. Yeah, that's yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, is that a good thing? Or I mean, obviously it's a good thing when you have an MVP caliber player come back, but he's proven time and time again he's not growing up. And they paid him all that money, and they're spending a ton of money, and they're trying to win a World Series. Does this set them back a little bit? I, I think. I think what you've seen from the Padres is they've had all this success without him. So how is that going to work when they get him? Is what type of players? Not not what what type of player? Not athletically, what type of player is he going to be? But up here, like what's he? Mm. What are we going to see? What mm. are we going to see from Fernando for, from Fernando Tatis Jr.? Like has he learned from his mistakes? Mm. Is he going to make adjustments as a as a player? As and then also as an adult, you know, is, has he grown up a little bit? Because we just see. Just dumb shit from him. Yeah. Getting suspended. The being in a motorcycle crash. Like lying about his injury. Uh saying that he had um he had to fight some ringworm and that was what the substance he used for. So and and you look what the Padres have done, dude. This that roster is that lineup is stupid. So even so like good. don't even add him back into the lineup. The lineup is is one of the best lineups in baseball. And now yeah. they're adding him back, so I'm really—I don't know how it's gonna. To me, 
if he doesn't grow up, then it's going to be a detriment to the team, and they're mm. going to have to address it. Yeah, those vets can do all they want and and have locker room talks, clubhouse talks, players only meetings, meeting with him, trying to help him. But if this dude can't figure out on his own, it's going to be a detriment to that team. And they're pot committed. They spent a damn near billion dollars to win a World Series. Like, right. you're not going to be able to deal with the theatrics of a of a young superstar because they're not a 75 win team anymore. They're a team that's trying to be try to usurp the Dodgers and show them, hey, we are the team in the West. And so it's gonna be really interesting to see that dynamic kind of unfold. Yeah, didn't they just didn't they just sign some wasn't it Jake Cronenworth? Cronenworth just got another extension. You got I think he got like six, seven years for 75, 80 million. Yeah, this was uh, on April first, eighty million dollar yeah. extension, seven yeah. year contract. They're spending money. So yeah, man, I, I I don't know how that's gonna work. Yeah, he could come in and it could be a seamless transition into them just being an even a more dangerous lineup. But history has shown that this kid, because he's still he's still a kid, this kid just can't figure it out. So um, and I hope he does because he's a superstar. Like he he's superstar. really freaking good. Yeah, man. So he's got to figure Certainly. out the mentals. They're uh, they're must see baseball. Um, and then they're about to add him back. So if he can figure it out, they're going to be even better. And honestly, I hope he figures it out. One, because I would love to watch. I love watching that kid play. Like, yeah. I, and I love watching the pot from a baseball standpoint. Like, I love watching that team play. And there is nothing sweeter than watching Dodgers fans cry like bitches when they get beat by the Padres. Yeah. Have you ever dove into Padre Twitter? Dude, it's crazy. They, they live to hate the Dodgers. And I don't, and maybe because the Astros were were just you know scapegoated, and and I know that life, but the Padres for years have just been beaten, and they've only won you know seventy something games, and and they just never gotten over the hump. That nothing the Dodger fans can say can hurt them. Like you, when you become like this internet troll, like it, it becomes your life in the sense of like nothing right. you can say can affect me because. I already know everything you're going to say. It's like the whole Eminem thing where he's like, lists all the stuff, you know, like yeah. you can't, you can't touch me. Like I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And Here, so like, it's me, really cool to see. Tell these people something they don't know about me type shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, so last, last thing before we get out of here, uh, one more note around the league, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> see you later, Bob. See you later. Hey, 34 million servants package isn't bad though. Dude, he got DFA'd. All right, like, gun gun to your head. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, okay. I think he gets in. I think, dude, what he did in the playoffs, like multiple years for the Giants, like didn't he throw like seven strong innings and then like a couple days later, like throw six more or something? Bro, he's, he's he started Game Six and closed out Game was, Seven. That's that's what it was, <laughs> or whatever yeah. it was. Like he closed out yeah. a world. Like it was. Yeah, I think I I pulled it up and I, and, and you could talk about. Madison Bumgarner now in whatever frame, and he doesn't help himself with his constant barking. He's like Dude, the, he's such the, a, the he's we just saw it Wilson Contreras. He's such a boomer on the mound, dude. He's he the is. he's the guy yells at Cloud meme. He like is. anything you do that isn't the traditional way of baseball, he bitches about, and it yeah. makes me not like him, dude. Just shut the fuck up. 
Wilson Contreras took a massive hack against him the other night, fouled it straight back, and he goes, ooh. And then you see, you look at Madison Bumgarner, he's saying, shut the fuck up. Shut it was fuck like up. it was like Wilson Contreras murdered like his his horses on his horse ranch. Yeah, like, man. Like, just like, took a hack. He threw a cookie. It's like, damn, dude, Madison. Hey, bum, 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 dog, bum, Gardner. Like, hey, man, Wilson Contreras didn't take your horses to the glue factory. Like, let's relax, bub. And he you was know, like, bad. Up. Like he he called him like some names, and then Wilson Contreras barked back at him. But it's like, dude, it's every. Freaking time this dude takes the mound, he has some kind of antics against people that have a little bit of flair. And it's not even flair. Wilson Contreras took a massive hack. If I foul one straight back like that, knowing my mind that I that I just missed it or whatever, I or I'm gonna say something like, damn it. Like I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, like white, like damn it. And this dude's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Get back in there. God, dude. You drink Bud Light, don't you? Madison Bumgarner in the playoffs, eight and three career record, two point eleven Ernie, eighty seven punchies, three rings, and a World Series MVP in one hundred and two innings. Yeah, that's that's Hall of Famer. That's one of the best postseason arms ever. That's a Hall of Famer. Um, and he's now DFA'd. DFA'd. You know how bad it is when they eat eat thirty four million. Yeah, it wasn't like they ate a seven million dollar contract. Like they 30 ate thirty four four. $34 million, dude, like a day after he bitched at Wilson Contreras. So, mm. yeah, he's uh, eligible. Once he clears waivers, if no one picks him up, he's a- able to sign with uh, another team for, like, the league minimum or seven hundred fifty grand or whatever it is. So, crazy to see uh, Madison Bumgarner get DFA'd, man. It's uh, wild stuff, man. But that's going to do it. Good episode right there. Great episode, Brave Series, yep. and then we'll do the episode Sunday. We'll do Dog of the Week on Sunday. Yeah, uh, since we missed last week, so we'll double dog. We'll do a double dog. Like we'll do double, our double dog, double dog of double the week, dog, double dog Sunday. Do you have any uh, candidates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it's a couple. The, uh, it's the kid out of the kid out down in Friendswood, man. As of now, jokes. Jokomania? The Incredible Jokes? I think, I mean, he's, he's a lead candidate for me going in the weekend. So since today is April 20th, are we, do we call Mauricio Dubon Doobie? Doobie Brothers, Doobie, Doobie. Whoa, bro, Whoa, 420. 420. Super Big Sports, episode one on our YouTube channel, Apollo HOU, Super Big yeah, Sports. Check that out. Follow us on all our socials, at Apollo HOU, YouTube, uh facebook twitter instagram we always post good stuff check out the store apollohou.com that's going to do it for another edition of beyond the diamond podcast uh we'll be back in a couple of days after the brave series he is apollo des i am brian lima thank you for watching and listening we'll be back in just a couple of days peace love you guys like subscribe 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 hit the like button